Hi, this is Richard Bassery. Welcome to Korosi Indonesia Podcast. I want to personally welcome and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad and excited that you are here. Because this podcast is designed for you, our Indonesia Corrosion community, wherever you are. Please do check our website at naceindonesia.org. And if you have comments and feedback, please write an email to nace at naceindonesia.org. And now, here is your host, Richard Bastery and co-host, Sina Sulaima. Hello everyone. Um, thank you uh, for uh, your time today. Uh, today we will have uh, our podcast Korosi Indonesia of, uh, after a long long time uh, since our last episode. So how are you uh, Pasina? I am good Pak. How are you Pak? Yes, it is it's I think more than 3 months we haven't yeah. released any podcast. Uh, we have uh, Pa uh, Monsar Najami. Um, I think he is working as a principal integrity engineer for oceaneering in UK. So thank you, uh, Pa Monsar, for your time uh, to talk with Korosi Indonesia podcast team. Uh, we are part of NACE Indonesia program, uh, where our mission is to disseminate Korosian knowledge among professional and engineer in Indonesia. Our today topic is about mechanical integrity. Why bother? So the background, uh, actually, why we choose this? Because mechanical integrity is a pretty common term, but only for specific person or for specific people who works in oil and gas industry. So mechanical integrity can be defined as the management of critical process equipment to ensure uh, the pro- the equipment is designed and installed correctly and uh, the equipment also operates and inspect man- and maintain properly usually this is associated when we have a uh, low um, uh, LOPC and then we have uh, uh, equipment status that fit for service so there is another term that usually uh, people say in oil and gas industry which is we usually uh, abbreviate with uh, uh, FEMI, FEMI, Fixed Equipment Mechanical Integrity. So what is that? I think that uh, is refer to the pressure uh, system equipment, uh, integrity management program. And then also it's related the process of creating FEMI itself, implementing and maintaining management system to the fixed equipment of pressure system in order to avoid Uh, loss of containment in the oil and gas, also in petrochemical and also in chemical uh, processing industry. So, with further ado, we will we are going to talk with Pa Monsar. Pasina, uh, over to you, please. Okay. Uh, thank you, Pa Richard. Uh, I will ask the first question. Okay, Pa Monsar, how are you, Pa? Yeah, fine. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I think uh, for uh, many not. Uh, many of us uh, know Pak Monzar, but Pak Monzar actually already involved in uh, one of the major project that we have in Indonesia. So he already quite familiar with uh, Indonesia and then he has been 
uh, visit us also. So <coughs> for the first question, we usually ask uh, the our guest to tell more about himself. Uh, maybe you can introduce yourself, Pak. At my understanding is uh, Pak Mozar has uh, many exposure in uh, medical integrity work, I think in many continents, Pak, from north to the east, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So well, thank maybe, you, Pak. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Vaksina. Uh, yes. Uh, um, uh, I would say hi and, and, and good afternoon uh, for everybody, really, in, uh, and all the listeners in this podcast. Um, I would start with thanking you for providing this opportunity for me to contribute to this platform. It is a very interesting subject uh, you chose uh, for me to to talk about, and, and I think uh, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to answer some of the questions. I just need to be quite careful about the timing as well, because uh, it's, it's, it's uh, very, uh, as I said, interesting and, and lots of materials to cover. Um, back to myself here. Um, as you know, probably uh, the name is, is Monzer Najami. I live in Aberdeen, in Scotland here, and um, uh, I've been working with Oceaneering as a principal integrity engineer since 2001. I've started as an offshore inspection engineer, then graduated into senior inspection engineer and principal and technical authority and all these um, kind of fancy titles, really. I'm, I'm still learning <laughs> in terms yeah. of, of integrity and corrosion and everything. But what, what really strikes me at the beginning is, okay, I'm a mechanical engineer, graduate from Birmingham University, say, but I, I was thrown into this inspection field and uh, I was I was doing the inspections in the refineries and, and, and onshore and offshore platforms and I always ask myself why I'm inspecting, uh, why the inspection is so uh, onerous for example, why we're doing that and it's looking for damage mechanisms, looking for, so I had to go into the corrosion part of it and, and really look at uh, damage mechanisms and the corrosion aspects, and uh, I became, uh, I still have the qualification of an ACE corrosion specialist in the late 90s. And then I got my coating inspector as well. So it is a quite diverse kind of qualification uh, that I have, and um, kind of diverse, uh, as, as Paxina said, diverse kind of exposure for onshore, offshore refineries, gas plants, uh, LNGs, uh, power stations, etc. In different capacities, of, of course, altogether. So this is kind of a brief um, background, um, brief introduction to my background. And what really I found out really is everything what I've been doing and, and what the integrity or, or the corrosion engineers uh, are, are working for are, are really getting that integrity of the equipment to be to, 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 to be properly managed and mm -hmm. and to have to have that um, that uh, uh, compliance with, with the code so is the two major issues that i've really yeah so thank you Pamansa, for the explanation so <clears throat> maybe next question so um i did explain in the beginning what is mechanical integrity and fix um equipment mechanical integrity 
uh, that's for me. But maybe for some our listeners uh, or uh, people out there uh, will be interested to know why uh, mechanical integrity is uh, very important. And then what are the equipment and uh, process within the scope of fixed equipment mechanical integrity? Okay, well, I'll try to be very concise here. This is a really good question. Um, thanks for that, uh, Pat Richard. I think your, your definition of mechanical integrity is, is a spot on. Um, in terms of our concern, really, is to ensure that the equipment is operating within its safe, safe working limits um, to avoid breakdown, production loss, and to be honest, above all, safety of personnel. Okay, this is absolutely important, that safety of personnel, which is really safeguards uh, safety of the people. That is very, very important aspect of our integrity uh, processes. That, that would be all, always defined within a certain time frame. So you don't want to have the integrity 100% brand new major integrity drive without having this period definition because that that period definition will give you a very good approach towards or insight towards how you manage your integrity. So we say this is designed for 20 years, you manage your integrity for the next 20 years as if it is going to be decommissioned after 20 years or 30 years, etc. So there's lots of approaches and then lots of different different approaches to that integrity management systems, uh, uh, which is, should be defined within a certain period. In summary, I think what we're talking about, the, the integrity management system should be managed within a compliance framework of the applicable codes and standards. Um, so let me add to, to your definition as well the human uh, attributes towards integrity. I think the word integrity, uh, Pat Richard, maybe you, you would probably agree to that, is, is really originated from, from ancient word which is about wholesome, wholesomeness, meaning that it's integer that integer, the word integer, like not divided. So that is really the, the aspect of, of integrity is a, a person on a personal level, a person with integrity is a wholesome, is honest and is uh, trustworthy. Mm. And if you get that, that integrity to the equipment, if you define it with the equipment, it would have kind of similar uh, a, a similar kind of definition, which is a wholesome, uh, trustworthy, and 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 this is where where we we're, we're kind of looking at the origin of of the word integrity. Uh, and uh, why do we do that integrity uh, integrity management? Why do we do the inspections? Why do we take care of our equipment? Is it because we are good people, or is it because the, the management asks us to do that, and the answer is not not really. We're doing it because it is the law. Like mm. uh, it is partly we have to do it because yeah. it is a compliance bit. Mm -hmm. That is a major major driver for that. Mm -hmm. um, as if like you've got your your cars, for example, here in the UK you've got MOT. Uh, which needs your card needs to be serviced once a year at least, and you have to have a certificate. And this is really to, to safeguard your your um, your safety and the safety of others. 
-hmm. The same thing applies to facilities and integrity and, and, and facilities in oil industry and gas industry and, and other facilities as well. Um, each, each country has its own laws that dictates the processes and procedures mm -hmm. that the operator um, uh, will have a duty of care um, that should comply with mm -hmm. in order to maintain the facility. I think in the UK, uh, there are offshore and onshore sites, obviously, and the offshore sites would be governed by safety case, mm -hmm. uh, which, which uh, puts in, 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 in a simple form that what are the processes and procedures that the operator should should be following to, to reduce um, the risk of uh, uh, of people getting killed. Simple. It's people who is the government is worried about people. They're not worried about production or 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 maybe other other uh, types of uh, of loss. They are mainly looking at, at people. That's for the offshore in the UK. For the onshore, this uh, comes as your uh, definition of coma, which is uh, coma sites um, in terms of control of major accident hazard sites, um, which uh, which have the PSSR 2000, uh, which is really the law uh, to inspect and maintain your, your facilities. It's all under the umbrella of the, the uh, Health and Safety uh, Work Act in 1974. Um, now I'm, I'm sure there is a similar uh, similar laws and um, processes in, in 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 most of the countries in the world. In in Canada, where I used to work before, they have uh, uh, their own Canadian regulations, uh, uh, which is different from province to province. Uh, and in the UK, I've just mentioned about uh, safety case and PSSR. And in Indonesia, I'm, I'm sure there is a, 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 a the law by the government which uh, ensures that uh, uh, ensures that uh, there is a regulatory compliance with their with their um, maintenance and inspection regimes. Um, so mainly, the why they ask me why uh, Park Richard, I tell you, it is mainly for personal safety. Now there are other other reasons, obviously is. Um, maybe by by the companies, uh, they dictated by the companies uh, uh, or operators in terms of maybe loss of primary containment, preventing of that or or reducing that environmental and pollution. Maybe some other um, government agencies like Department of Transport, uh, they look at the heli fuel, for example, diesel. Uh, certain regulations for gas cylinders, etc. And finally, I guess lots of companies do ma maintenance uh, and, and integrity uh, uh, work because as well they, they are worried about reputation and, and mm -hmm. reputation is, is, is a factor in that. So there are uh, different reasons and different uh, 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 prompts for this, but mainly it is but the, for the government, uh, regulatory compliance and the codes is really personal uh, uh, safety, uh, which is really paramount in this. So this is answers, I guess, one of the first part of your question, Pak uh, Richard. Uh, the other part was about what equipment are included in the in the uh, in the integrity management systems, fixed equipment, and really it is it's uh, kind of the usual um, location, the usual kind of components of pressure systems like uh, vessels, tanks, exchangers. 
safety devices are included as well because they are paramount for uh, 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 safe operation of the equipment. Flexible hoses, especially the high uh, critical ones where uh, these flexible hoses uh, uh, might uh, uh, might have a major incident in terms of personnel or pollution. Um, again, vendor, pa vendor packages and um, additional packages such as maybe steam generators, etc., which are governed by by regulatory compliance as well. There are uh, IMS systems, integrity management systems as well, which are applicable to pipelines. Um, these pipelines, uh, they transport hydrocarbon outside the facilities. Um, structural as well, uh, integrity measures for structures, um, either onshore or offshore. It's more, more profound as well offshore, where you have primary, secondary structures, division, all um, um, towers, dropped objects, etc. Integrity measure systems as well, applicable to electrical instrumentation and subsea, uh, etc. So it's really not, not really, uh, as, as you, you mentioned before, uh, it's, it's not really for pressure systems only. It's, it's, uh, it is different um, sections and sectors of the industry. Together, they would have that integrity measure system for the whole facilities. Uh, I think the conversation today, uh, this podcast, is mainly concentrated on, on the on the pressure pressure systems. Yeah. And really, the contents depends on the company's IMS system. And what uh, I've mentioned, uh, yeah, what I mentioned before is kind of a generic approach. But yeah. the each company have their own IMS system because certain operators might. Uh, differ in terms of applicable integrity management processes. Yeah, that's very interesting when you explain about the relationship between uh, human integrity and then also the equipment integrity. Yeah, I think uh, I would like to continue to next question. Uh, I think, yeah, as you mentioned before that uh, when uh, it, it depends on the integrity management system within the, within the owner. So I believe that all the equipment is not only single equipment so probably because it will be in the system so we can have many many equipment uh, so in the plant there, there will be a lot of equipment so uh, we'd like to know about the correlation between the corrosion management uh, including like a risk base uh, sampling program uh, damage mechanism review with the mechanical integrity management uh, are this uh, both item are uh, complement each other or uh, how 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 do you see uh, between the course management and uh, mechanical integrity management? Well, thank you, thank you, Paxina. This, this is yeah. I mean, this is quite interesting as well. It's it's it's, it's about it's about the objective really. So, what's the objective mm -hmm. all this of all the integrity management system is to have a uh, uh, a system or or uh, equipment operating within safe uh, safe working limits. Okay, so that is the objective. So if you yeah. focus on that, mm -hmm. the other um, the other processes you talked about in terms of RBAs and damage mechanism, all this, these are the the way we going to achieve that that uh, uh, that integrity that that status. Mm -hmm. uh, and and 
to do to do that, we need to know uh, our equipment, uh, um, the behavior, what are the risks are involved in in operating this equipment, and uh, and what are the processes that allows us mm-hmm. to keep this equipment safe. Mm-hmm. And one of the processes is risk based approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is at the heart of the integrity measurement system. This risk-based approach uh, is fundamental to uh, uh, to get to put in practice, implement the uh, mitigation and inspection measures that will mm-hmm. that would make us arrive to that to that state of good, healthy equipment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the RBA could be qualitative, semi-qualitative approach. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. We we could have a, a, a quantitative approach towards maybe pressure systems and and, and pressure vessels, for example. Mm-hmm. A semi-quantitative or fully qualitative approach for, for example, supports, pipe supports, or mm-hmm. or COI and 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 in terms of POFF. Uh, I'm not going to go on details about the RBA because I am sure that our listeners are are quite familiar with with the basics of the RBAs mm-hmm. and and why we do that. Uh, but I, I just want to um, emphasize that all the RBAs and all the assessment we do is basically to reduce the um, the the remnant the current remnant risk to as low as practically possible. That is really what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that uh, uh, we cannot eliminate risk. So risk level zero does not exist in any world, really. Mm-hmm. It is, right. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. You can't, you can't have that. Uh, what we, we will be doing and looking at that is minimize the risk to an acceptable level and that level will be set by the company or mm. if that's not set by the company that will be set by the codes and standards mm. um, well one of the outputs would be for example a certain i mean I'm, I'm talking about say the rba the rba output in terms of what how does it really translate into implementing a certain inspection program because the output will have yeah. a certain inspection program that would look after certain damage mechanisms and it will have as well a corrosion monitoring program that would be looking at how to co- to, to look into the internal corrosion mitigation for example um, so one of the outputs for example would be a certain inspection type using an inspection technique to verify a certain damage mechanism mm. um, uh, that was identified through the RBA. Um, it, it, is, it is very important that, and I found that really very, uh, sometimes one of the causes of the major accidents in, in plants. Mm. Uh, I know it's a bit detailed here, but it is important to mention in this podcast is, mm. is really the identification Mm-hmm. of the correct inspection technique in the right location with the right coverage mm-hmm. to verify the right damage mechanism. That is yeah. absolutely important because otherwise you'll be wasting your money with the RBAs and looking at all the 
uh, looking at all the, the, the threats. It is the output of the RBA, that, the output which really takes care of your sick, uh, or sick between brackets, obviously, equipment. Yeah. You have to be very sure that you have got the right technique with the right location, right coverage, and mm-hmm. the right damage mechanisms. Because it's, you know, if you're looking for erosion, you don't just do spot spot UT, for example. You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for pitting, you you you'll have a certain technique for that, and the location of the pitting is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, other outputs of the RBA, which which really complement your your integrity program, is is your mitigation. Yeah. Um, the corrosion inhibition, your monitoring of the corrosion inhibition, your biocidin for uh, for us. So that is part of what we do to keep that that uh, equipment um, uh, uh, equipment uh, uh, in a good in a good nick, uh, fit for purpose, uh, working within the safe operating limits. Is the RBA the the answer for everything? The answer is no. It's yeah. <laughs> because, uh-huh. because RBA is really great for internal corrosion, uh, evaluation for pressure vessels, for pipe work. But there are more uh, yeah. threats, uh, which, which you cannot really sitting in a, in a, in a, in a desktop exercise to, to evaluate these threats and, and to mitigate those. And these threats uh, could, could be something about external corrosion, um, the CUI, um, the vibration, mechanical damage, all these kind of threats really are, uh, you could probably look at the C of F of those and ensure that um, your consequence is in the right category. But uh, your P of F, uh, it could be theoretical. For a new project, it will be theoretical. For an existing project, uh, you'll have to have uh, bodies on, on the ground, really, and, and ensure that your P of F is not running away from you. Um, so it is it is quite uh, important to have um, that program and align it with the whole with the whole um, IMS strategy so that you don't miss any any of of the threats that uh, that cannot be maybe identified through the RBA. Thank thank you thank you, Mo. So I think there's really uh, a lot to digest, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we can, we can uh, go to the next question. So, in earlier you mentioned about uh, there is integrity program for rotating equipment, pipeline, um, static equipment, and then instrument. Um, so these all uh, these all uh, equipment have uh, un, uh, their own uh, owner, right? So, for instance, like pipeline under pipeline engineer, um, rotating under rotating engineer. And then um, uh, the pressure system and under integrity engineer. So, why this uh, ownership must be defined, and then why it is important to decide the boundary uh, of the each. Uh, equipment? Yeah, it is. It's a great question, and and uh, um, I mean I will answer your last part of your question about why it is important. It's. It's it's very simple. It's it's important uh, as some critical components can be missed from the reviews if they don't have ownership. Meaning that, for example, on on pressure vessels, I've seen it in different operators in different continents. Actually, they they look at the pressure vessels, look at the RBAs and and and, and the risk assessment of pressure vessels, but. 
the vessel trims uh, connecting the pressure vessels and with no isolating valves uh, are, are usually are not uh, sometimes they don't do the evaluation for that and then that that kind of boundary between what the vessel trims are and the vessel are kind of lost and and sometimes they 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 think that vessel trims could be part of the pipework but they are not part of the pipework because of certain uh, issues with CMMS systems etc so that that kind of boundary is, is really important uh, to, to be defined when when you look at components of, of pressure vessels another um, another reason why is that I've seen near miss accidents uh, uh, because of the potential dropped objects in an offshore platforms and onshore facilities these potential dropped objects are uh, are uh, quite a hazard and usually they are not really defined in terms of ownership in, in platforms. Uh, um, I'm talking about uh, certain tertiary uh, structures like uh, lights, for example, light fixtures, um, certain supports, certain um, which which the structural engineer says it's not our business and of course <laughs> integrity engineers say no it is not and and then that there is there is that part of um, uh, of of not having ownership and then things will fall apart. So that is why it's it's to avoid to avoid avoid accidents and and to ensure that all the equipment are, are captured. Now now uh, for example, if you look at in details about your 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 RBAs and your your systems, you'd be looking at PMs against pressure systems, but you got gas cylinders accumulators certain certain strainers etc these these are equipment which are screaming for ownership and and really it is the role of the operator to ensure that ownership of these components and equipment are well defined so that they won't be missed that is that is really really important now now for the boundary um, in terms of I think one of your question what what is the why the boundary is important the, the boundary uh, is, is is really a physical barrier um, uh, that that happens between components meaning that um, in in onshore facilities it's quite simple you have a fence you must have a fence around that boundary that fence will define your your facilities and I tell you I mean most of these facilities within that fence are, for example, pipe Arcoma in, in the UK, Arcoma sites, usually designed for uh, piping design B313 and, and etc. So that is where we say within that facilities, the B31.3 is is the uh, design code for the pipe work. Of course, the pipe, the, the vessels and other equipment have different design code. Outside that facilities, yeah, then you'll have different authority. Okay, authority meaning a different definition. In the UK here, outside the facilities, you'll have the pressure uh, uh, pipeline directorate and and these guys looking at the transportation systems where B31.8 and B31.4 apply. So it is important to have that that kind of boundary definition to to understand the governance within that boundary. In terms of the in terms of the facility, in terms of components, uh, you've as I said before, you've got a 
vessels, you have when you do your RBA and you look at the reviews, you shouldn't be forgetting the the vessel trims and removal of the spools and 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 the uh, maybe the PSVs as well associated with that. It's it's really important to have when you do the review, you you know to review a vessel uh, or or components when you should ask yourself always what if there's a leak in that would that cause a vessel shutdown or partial shutdown etc so it is it is important to have that ownership and uh, boundary definition well defined um before the rba and during the rba and and have the the correct uh, pms and the correct uh, 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 mitigation measures against against that component. Okay, Th thank you, Pahman, sir. Just uh, would like to continue the question pa, about this uh, ownership. I think sometimes we have like a gray area. For example, like when we have like a piping on the offshore, and then also some part of them are on the on, on the riser or the pipeline <laughs> sometimes uh, from the pressure system they give to pipeline from pipeline they want a uh, pressure system to handle do you have any yeah. experience uh, something <laughs> yes. like that how and how yeah, to solve that yeah absolutely yes vaccine uh, that's a good question it's it's always there in terms of where do we stop and start uh, physically, when we do the boundary uh, definition, say for offshore top sides, uh, it is a convention that the ESDV, um, uh, which is emergency shutdown valve, mm. would be your uh, demarcation point between pipelines and and uh, and the and the top side pressure systems. So that would be your. Uh, your your uh, demarcation point. Now, part of this line would be going to a, a pig trap, for example, uh, uh, or pig receiver, whatever. That would be designed B31.8 or B31.4, and that would be kind of a joint uh, ownership, mm -hmm. uh, meaning that um, the RBA for this sections, um, the pipeline. Um, technical authority would be involved in mm. in in the RBA uh, in terms of accountability and and PMs, but the execution would be part of the uh, of the pipework uh, team on on the platform or on the facilities. Mm. It is kind of sharing uh, implementation and uh, maybe the, the accountability as well. So they they'll be involved in that. Um, so it, it really, it's really uh, that will be kind of part of the uh, integrity management strategy for that platform, and with the, with the demarcation and the boundary well, well defined. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Pat. Okay. So oh, I think I hope I hope I asked you answer your question here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks. No problem. Uh, I think I would like to continue to next question, but. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, you mentioned earlier about the integrated management system. Uh, I think that there's like a, uh, what's it like a cycle that that we need to follow in, in the system. So, uh, for example, also in the 
in the fixed uh, in the fixed equipment uh, cycle we will start from the RBA and then we planning like a prepare a work pack or a, uh, for the inspection in the SAP and then also the execution on the inspection during uh, and then uh, we continue if any anomaly we need to do like a fitness for uh, service assessment something like that maybe you can uh, explain to us but in the in yeah in a simple way uh, what will be the 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 bet uh, the the good uh, practice for this uh, cycle? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think most of the listeners, Paxina, uh, Pak uh, Richard, uh, most of the listeners would be familiar with with the basic cycle of integrity management systems, and and hopefully their companies would would have a, 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 that um, written in in a certain strategy or certain procedure. Now, uh, the ones I've looked at in the past actually have, have that approach in terms of equipment, equipment versus RBA. And, and my approach on um, this project and, and other projects is, is to really look at, well, obviously, the, the, the your regulatory compliance. That is the, the compliance with the codes and standards and the government. That is your umbrella of of what we need to be doing okay so we everything should be under that now when i said everything doesn't mean only the pressure vessels and uh, and and tanks and heat exchangers and mm-hmm. pipe off and okay there are certain aspects of uh, of this integrity management system that really does not have a a component to it meaning that it is a combination i'm talking about what we should be looking for, all right, or after, a combination of components and and threats. Okay, so meaning that I would be looking at pressure vessels, heat exchangers, pipework supports. CUI is a component which I think that would be and 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 fabric maintenance, PSVs, flexible hoses, dead legs, vibration. All these elements are the ones that needs to be looked at. Um, and assessed through a certain risk assessment process. Now, that risk assessment process, depending on the applicable standards of the companies, for example, some companies, operators, uh, they they look at the API 581 for RBA for pressure vessels and heat exchangers and pipe work. Uh, you've got the CUI and FM could be qualitative. Uh, uh, FHAs they can use uh, EI, uh, Energy Institute for for um, for reviews, and and for assessment. So we we, we need to be look uh, we be looking at at what is the governance of the RBA. So we need to do the RBAs. We need to be looking at what the governance, uh, and and look at what is the uh, uh, what is the codes and standard that really needs to be applied? So once we do the RBA, uh, as I said before, you you would have to look at what are the credible risks on this uh, on this equipment, uh, and uh, uh, what are the credible uh, damage mechanisms, and uh, what is the risk level? Okay, and from that you would be putting mitigation measures and inspection measures 
and then this in this talk here, let me talk about about the maybe the inspection more because this is where uh, 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 most of the listeners will be interested in is is the inspection uh, 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 inspection PMs, which which dictates really what are the uh, what what are the inspection type and what are the uh, the frequencies and the inspection technique to be used on to verify certain damage mechanism okay now that is not really enough uh, you would I, I'm, I'm saying it for for really for most of the <laughs> for the listeners we need to go one step further during the rba is defining where the cmls are yeah uh, and that is really important because uh, you can't really leave it to somebody who's outside the RBA um, after a couple of months or maybe a year. Say, okay, what does it say? Inspect this, and then they select ten uh, percent. I mean, it is really important to have that quantified during the RBA by the corrosion engineer and inspection engineer to try to locate where are the areas, and that will add to the cost effectiveness and the percentage of maybe success in your inspection because you can inspect 80% in the wrong places and your 10% is you miss the 10% where the problems are uh, uh, so you need that uh, high level of of um, of interference uh, and input dur during that uh, that session so you you have your inspection uh, uh, pms and they go into the inspection workflow inspection workflow which the company has in terms of work pack preparation and definition implementation sap etc and and then you you will have to look into the implementation part uh, within that inspection workflow and the feedback so that is the after the implementation you do the the learning bit the, the review bit and there are uh, obviously a process where the inspection engineer and senior inspection you look at the reports and there is any anomalies uh, would be uh, uh, would be flagged and and reviewed through the anomaly management system within the company. Uh, whether uh, that is a real anomaly or whether it's you know so there is a mitigation measure after the after these anomalies are being classified and uh, then a certain other report order or or uh, or monitoring process or you could raise APMs uh, uh, or work orders against against this this anomaly. Uh, um, what, what I can say in this in this process itself, really, it becomes it becomes usually a, a a routine work where people just do the work, come back and do the work, and that is absolutely not very good in in this day and age because of the costing and because of the uh, 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 of the unnecessary inspections. So what I'm trying to say here is that that inspection review of the PMs within the company has to be done every every year or every three years, for example. You need we need to look at what are we doing, what the cost is, are we doing the right thing? And that is really, really important in terms of trying to uh, uh, optimize the PMs. So PM optimization as output of the RBA has been really a, a kind of uh, uh, there is a lag in in most of the operators, and they don't they don't really uh, not very successful. I mean, forgive me, Pak Richard. I'm not trying to say anything in terms of, but I'm just saying it is 
which are found in, in operators in, in yes. Europe and in, 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 in Canada as well. It's just, why are we doing the same thing? Why, why don't we improve our inspections? Why don't we use new technologies, uh, um, uh, the, the, the drone technology, the ROVs, etc. So that kind of uh, uh, data management as well. So that, that needs our industry. Our industry needs uh, to, to have a, a really a deep look at itself and, and see how we could really improve uh, 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 the delivery and, and the definition of, of what we're doing here. Um, uh, there, there are, uh, as I said before, there are certain uh, 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 codes and standards that, that uh, we should be following and, and uh, follow that process. But in a, in a nutshell, it's uh, the good old plan do measure uh, uh, cycle where, where it is important to ensure that we learn from, from all these uh, 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 PMs and, and evolve. Our, our integrity and inspection programs has to evolve to be more modern and to be more realistic. Um, when I started, sorry to, to digress here, but when I started in refineries, we were inspecting everything where there was no RBAs. Uh, uh, and and uh, that that was questioned obviously we had the qaqc program coming in the risk assessment in the 80s and 90s so that that changed everything but even now we need to have a look at at the pm frequencies and the questions is why are we doing it in the same way we have to repeat that i mean why are we repeating the same thing and trying to expect the same result so it's food for thought really for everybody yeah, I think that's really good, Parmontar. Uh, when you touch about PM optimization, you know it's really good to identify ways. You know where we over inspection. You know uh, this is something that uh, many times overlook. Or another things uh, we can do NII. You know to re to replace our internal visual inspection. And also you mentioned about the use of um, cutting edge lattice technology in the inspection world. All of this thing eventually will help us to optimize our inspection program. So the the you know the the money that we spend for inspection that's really uh, give us uh, the value, especially you know during uh, this time when we have uh, COVID and then another pressure on the um, oil uh, and gas, um, uh, you know, uh, price. Uh, that's that's uh, that's things become more and more important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. I mean, sorry, sorry. Just just on the same on the same note, um, I advise everybody who's who's really has got a uh, an insight on on the costing. Um, mm -hmm. To look at their costing in terms of inspection. Well, we've done a similar exercise for North Sea in 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 in, in Scotland here uh, in in, um, in all the platforms I worked on, and we had we had a look at where the spend of the inspection was, and uh, we were surprised to see that 60% of the cost was for external inspections. It's it was uh, yeah it was quite quite important and, and uh, about 20 25 percent for uh, for UT and radiography and the other 10 percent was for internal inspection um, and that was over the years so it wasn't only a one year kind of so it was a five six year study of where the money the operator is is um, is spending and and that you know I, I said I told I, I've told everybody after that. 
we should spend this money on 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 repairs more than inspections because we can inspect and inspect and expect <laughs> inspect at the end uh, we, mm -hmm. we need to have a program get the money to to for implementation of the repairs not not for inspections so mm -hmm. i thought maybe it's a good um, uh, it's a good start to to share with yourselves yeah Thank you, Pamonza. Uh, maybe we just uh, go to another question. This question about performance management. So how do we know that our mechanical integrity uh, management implementation in our uh, site already comply with international standard? What factors that I can, as an engineer can use to measure the effectiveness of the implementation uh, of FEMI uh, program in my site? Yeah, my answer will not be to make your manager happy or your boss happy. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this is what you know. In the past, used to be, oh yeah, okay, let's do that because it makes me feel better or let's. It's, it's really good to have that, but no, it has to be uh, measured quantitatively. Okay, so this is this is a great question because uh, we 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 always talk about implementation, but we don't really talk too much about. Uh, performance uh, management and uh, the, the the measuring of this performance. Uh, 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 we have to ensure first of all that the 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 integrity management program is well defined and implemented. Okay, that is that is really important to have that defined and implemented safely as well. So safety is is really important as well in terms of making sure that. The implementation is is done properly. Okay. The we have to ensure that as well that integrity measure program is effective, cost efficient, and fit for purpose. Now, how we do that? We we have to measure it. Okay. And the measurement I'll be talking about in in, in a couple of minutes here. Um, we have to communicate, um, uh, uh, and 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 uh, we have to put the communication process and actions. Um, required to, to enact these measures. Okay, so what we do, we implement, we measure. Okay, and how to measure is by having this communication, meaning meetings, for example. And with all process, we'll have to have a continuous improvement process. So implement the program, define and implement, then uh, measure by having a uh, intervention meetings, right? So those those are quite important steps in terms of uh, uh, performance measurements. And for effective performance measurement program, we need the following: we need to define what are we measuring, correct? So, so we need to say, okay, uh, we need to say we need to measure uh, uh, the performance of our performance RBA, for example. Uh, our performance in uh, anomaly management, um, uh, our the performance of inspection of safety critical. Okay, so uh, we need to have that defined and uh, KPI'd in terms of uh, putting a quantitative target. Um, say, for example, I would say for safety critical on a quarterly basis, safety critical elements inspections uh, have to be 100%. Anything below 100% that would give it a, a maybe a, a red a red color, a flag a flag that up, etc. So that would be your your measures for 
safety critical inspections. Um, uh, for, for your internal inspection or the use of RII, you have a certain measure for that. So it is, it is important to ensure that you identify these uh, 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 these KPIs and identify what is the percentage you're looking for in terms of completion. I know for sure that your inhibitor, for example, your chemical corrosion, your chemical, uh, sorry, your chemical controls reviews for inhibitor, if it is, so your KPI for those would be, say, if it's above 95%, you'll have a good control. Between 85 and 95, you'll have not that good control and bad control will be less than 85 or something like that. And the same, something similar would be for uh, for vibration ROs. So if your vibration uh, vibration uh, specialist uh, goes offshore and then he pro proposes certain certain measures to be done and if you don't do all these measures, you'll have to knock yourself down in that one. So it is, it is important, but I have to be careful as well in terms of of trying to calibrate this because certain look say for example FMOs fabric maintenance uh, uh, that that should be calibrated into critical not critical and then see the critical FMOs would be uh, should be monitored not not all the FMOs for example uh, so this is kind of a, a very high level overview of the KPIs indicators and what needs to be done now how to um, how to really get this one done in terms of how do you manage your your personnel to do that? How do you prompt your guys to do it? And that that needs to be, uh, uh, of course, by the management. Uh, they have the the integrity management system strategy. I was talking about should have the element of it in terms of what are the meetings required to implement this uh, process. And I can think of. Uh, a few meetings here, if, if I go quite quickly on that one, it would be your your pressure system KPIs meeting, uh, usually held monthly by the integrity team. That is, you would need to maybe uh, look at, at the, your KPIs and how we're doing in the KPIs, how, how's your performance uh, uh, in terms of implementation of the uh, PMs and, and other factors. Uh, anomaly management. Uh, sometimes anomaly management might might be included in the KPIs, but it can have a different uh, maybe focus. Another meeting where your maintenance engineer or repair order engineer would be uh, uh, would be important for that meeting to, to 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 be in that meeting to ensure that uh, 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 the, the 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 repairs are are managed uh, and and processed. Um, one important meeting, another meeting for, for performance measurements is, is really the tactical review meeting, which uh, which looks at the whole uh, platform or facilities risk and integrity risk uh, and, and the risk level and, and highlights what are the areas uh, that requires uh, that requires immediate attention or more attention, resources, etc. And this is what the manager, um, the, the 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 integrity manager, and probably OIMs and, and higher level would be involved in terms of. They tell you exactly. They are not shy. They tell you, okay, tell me in your in your corrosion and integrity management system what are the top three uh, integrity issues you have, and and you could be could be CUI, 
on 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 certain systems. It could be uh, certain uh, uh, excessive vibration. It could be vendor skids. Could be could be anything. But that should be quantified in in the risk in the high level risk matrix. And we should be telling the the management these are the areas that require. Uh, attention and he will tell you do you have enough resources what do we need to be doing etc so this is quite very good method in terms of looking at at the at the high risk high level risks for the whole facilities other meetings like fm meetings uh, monthly or or maybe three monthly well your fm coordinator would be uh, would be involved in that and and vibration review as well um, I mean, it, I, we've got some chemical control reviews and corrosion monitoring and some other reviews. So that is, these are in a nutshell, what are the, uh, uh, the KPIs and, and the performance measurements. Of course, you can have as well annual integrity report, mm -hmm. which is really your MOT certificate for, for the whole facilities where it tells them exactly where, where the, the issues are and what you've done and, and looking forward. Okay. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Pamansa. It's 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 very uh, uh, comprehensive explanation. Uh, hopefully, people or listener can <clears throat> go back to their site and take your advice to let to take a look their uh, KPI in, in their site. Yeah, it is. It is quite quite important to have. I mean, you can you can do all the good stuff, but really, you need to measure it. Yes. You need to measure what what you're doing, and it's really very very important. To have that. Okay. Okay, but <coughs> I think the last question will be a simple one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Hopefully, there's no simple questions here. <laughs> yeah, simple question, no simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, maybe some of us is a new engineer or maybe uh, still in the college. Uh, uh, so they want to understand more about integrity or maybe uh, like like us, we want also to gain more knowledge about uh, uh, integrity or mechanical equipment integrity. <laughs> Do you have any suggestion what uh, book title or standard uh, that we need to include in our library list? Yeah, that is a simple question, but I don't think I have a simple answer for that. <laughs> what, what, what it is really for me, uh, and I hope the the listeners and everybody share this with me is is to have first and most important really is to have that passion and interest in 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 this integrity of of fixed equipment and integrity in in general really, because passion is. Is, is key for uh, for striving for knowledge and for making sure that you will get more knowledge. When I was a young engineer, I was always asking questions, why, why, and what the coating is for, and what are the types of coating. So the interest is, is there. It should be should be really the, the, the key prompt for us to, to ask for more. In this day and age, with all the data and all the information on the nets and in the companies so that we can get over uh, uh, overdose of, of information but really the first step is to have that passion to that that love for knowledge of what is integrity okay you can always look at, at, at different okay so that is really important 
Second, uh, for young engineers, uh, there are certain areas where they have to be members of, like NACE membership. Uh, and material performance, I used to have hundreds of material performance magazines and used to, to love reading that uh, 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 when it was uh, printed in, in the time in the 90s and, 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 and early this century. And, and it is really very, very interesting to, to be a member of, say, NACE or or I-Corps or, or certain bodies that, that would give you that sense of belonging to that, that integrity and, and inspection or, or corrosion bodies. To one standard, to look at one standard for integrity management is absolutely, I mean, I haven't haven't really seen a standard which says how oh, this is the way you do integrity. In, 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 but there are uh, there are standards with integrity in, say, electrical systems or or pressure. But apart from the APIs, the codes that everybody is familiar with, the 510, the 579, the etc. I think I think the most important thing uh, for any engineer, even ourselves, even myself, when I go to a new project, is to ask ourselves what is the applicable law, or regulatory compliance within the the country I live in. Okay, that is that is why we're doing the business here. So it is first of all. You need to go into say what is compliance means to me, okay? Otherwise, you you, you know you're not doing your MOT. You'll be you'll be uh, you'll be lost. Sorry, I mean it's just really important to know why I'm doing this, and that means this is the law, either the law of the country, the codes and standards applicable to that particular uh, 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 task, and and the uh, uh, and the company uh, codes and standards. You have to know the, the your company IMS, your integrity management system in the company. What is it? Remember, it will answer all these questions in terms of ownership, uh, in terms of boundary, in terms of of the cycle of the IMS, etc. Um, and it is really governance. Uh, governance of of the of the uh, governance is the key for for everything. Governance means what is the law that governs the the work. If you're doing a hot tap, for example, a hot tap on a gas, a live gas line. I mean, what what would you do? The key for this integrity question, uh, Taksina, uh, the answer for that is, what you do is look at the law. What is the law ask you to do? And the law, the country says, look, uh, uh, you go into certain RP, for example, two two zero one for hot tap. You go and apply that. If you are repairing a vessel. You'd be looking at what is the law, and then you go into the ASME and 510, and you would look at what the requirements are. If you're looking at on-stream inspections and reducing the inspections, as as uh, Pak, uh, Richard has, has mentioned in terms of optimization, uh, uh, the the IOW uh, for on-stream monitoring API 584 is really really important. This is the uh, uh, the integrity operating window. So it defines what you should be monitoring to keep the, uh, uh, the 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 vessels and the equipment within the safe safe limit. For CUI, for example, you can follow the uh, the company uh, uh, regulations or API 581. Uh, there's one nice document which which I think most of the listeners could could uh, could really benefit from is is the is 146 document, 146 pages document, uh, which is uh, prepared for the HSE in the UK, and it does 
uh, it does talk about uh, plant aging and management of this equipment, and and that is a good read. Um, it, it's 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 a very good uh, introduction to what's the best integrity management techniques to be used uh, in, in, in certain facilities depending on the age and and they go into what's the first best uh, practices for post commissioning which is initial stage they call it um, stage two is maturity when mature meaning it's say between between five years and, and 15 years that is called mature um, aging becomes uh, becomes after 15 years, for example, and that the t terminology of it, it's, 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 it tells you exactly what the approach in that um, in that uh, level. I mean, it's surprising enough, the aging and the, the, the one after that, which is really terminal, they call it, which is really a, a medical term, uh, where it's, it's above for 25 years or 30 years older. Uh, then the RBA doesn't really work, and they don't recommend using RBAs for for older platforms because you by that time you would know exactly what are the problems are, and you would be focusing the platform or the facilities will tell you to, what to do because you have leaks, you have certain issues, etc. So once once you go above the design age, uh, it, it becomes uh, quite quite important to to have that the approach in terms of fitness for service uh, approach and and um, selective monitoring. Um, and, and sometimes you go into certain systems at that age, age platform say, look, just repair on failure, for example. So to answer your question, <laughs> so to answer your question, it really depends on what stage you are in and what country you are in and what are the, 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 the integrity management systems that, uh, that is really uh, applied for uh, or, or what is the code that applicable for that certain task? Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so it is it is really important to know what is the law. Okay, so meaning <clears throat> if I stay in Indonesia and then there is uh, an opportunity to work on overseas, then I need to learn also what will the requirement in the in the yeah in 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 the other. Uh, uh, region, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, for, for us, uh, well, we were based in the UK here, and, and we have operators, say, in, in Azerbaijan, for example, and in Denmark, and in Canada, and all these clients in Africa as well. And uh, and for us to understand what is really the applicable cause and standards, say, in Africa, they don't really have a safety case, maybe. They have their own regulation or if it is a French company, they can use a French kind of code and they would probably apply it there. So you have to understand what would be the uh, what would be the, the applicable codes and standards. For example, LNG and for cryogenic service. Uh, if you look at uh, if you look at the approaches for the governments, even in Europe, which is European Union, each country have different approaches in the UK. It's uh, it, there's no internal inspection, for example, on collision service, and it's done only by exceptions. In France, they ask for probably four or eight years uh, uh, internal inspection, regardless. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I might be maybe the, the numbers here might be different, but it's it's, it's really uh, it's really important to have that that um, 
knowledge of uh, not only the country's uh, uh, high-level laws, it's it's the act activity, the sub-activity you're doing for that certain vessel. For example, as I said, you're repairing a vessel, there's a nozzle, there's a leak in a nozzle, for example. So what would you what would you do as uh, an integrity engineer or mechanical engineer? You'll be looking at what are the cause and standards applicable for that repair, and then you look at API 510, and 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 ASME 8, and it, uh, you look at the design. Sorry, you look at the design, uh, uh, the design, the vessel designed for uh, what is a design code that vessel is designed for, and then you apply the the five 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 five, five, five ten most probably. So it it is that knowledge is very very important. I mean that is really integrity at the end because it is. It is the knowledge of what is the applicable code, uh, and there is what no one. Uh, I mean that that comes with experience. That comes with maybe looking at uh, what what are uh, the knowledge of the team you have there, integrity management systems, etc. Uh, so it, it is uh, it is quite uh, for me it is quite interesting and uh, encompassing uh, for for all these standard procedures. It's it's not only knowing damage mechanism uh, what is internal damage is it's the whole the whole kind of threat uh, uh, assessment and the whole uh, uh, issue that what can go wrong and what you apply what you're applying to uh, 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 to combat that and ensure that um, again you go back to your original definition to ensure that this equipment is operating within the safe working <laughs> limits for this period that is that is integrity management for me okay okay but i think we already passed one hour uh almost one hour 15 minutes yeah you're welcome and i hope i hope this uh, you know has opened some eyes as well on on, on what uh, what the integrity management system is all about and mm -hmm. most importantly the recent development in inspections and the way the APIs and, and the operators are looking at, at, the, uh, at, at the whole integrity management system, uh, 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 the, the, the new development is very important to make sure that it is uh, understood and implemented. And thank you for the time you, you give me uh, today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share this podcast using Spotify link. I hope that you find this podcast are useful in support you and your professional engineering work. If you have question or feedback to us, let me know. You can send us email at rmbasary@mtu.edu or msulaiman@gmail.com. Thank you all and wish you all the best.